I'm Scott Kerr, and you're listening to Facing the Giants, a podcast where I speak to today's luxury entrepreneurs about taking on the Goliaths of the industry. My guest on Facing the Giants is David Trewern, founder and CEO of Flightboard, an Australian-based luxury water sports company and makers of the world's first electric foiling surfboard, or eFoil. E-foiling is a growing trend among ultra-high net worth individuals, luxury travelers looking for a unique experience, boat lovers, and celebrities such as Mark Zuckerberg, Eddie Vedder, DJ Khaled, Hugh Jackman, just to name a few. David Trewern is a design and technology innovator and a serial entrepreneur. He is also a passionate water sports fanatic. Inspired by the natural ocean playground of Byron Bay, Australia, David had the idea of adding electric power to a hydrofoil surfboard. This started a journey that led him to the introduction of Flightboard in 2019. Welcome, David. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I, I think a great place to start is if you can briefly talk about your story and professional background before you launched Flight. Okay, so I've had a very varied background. I mean, look, at I think at the heart of it, I'm a creative. Um, I studied graphic design and I'm, I'm an innovator and I, it sounds weird saying this, but I, I think I was kind of like the first professional web designer in Australia. So I started a web design business straight out of university back in 1996 when I was 23, before mm-hmm. Google and Facebook and all of those guys. And I've always been fascinated by kind of new things, new ideas. Uh, so I built a digital agency and uh, we talked about ourselves as being future guides for our clients. So I suppose I played a bit of a role as a, as a, as a futurist of sorts. Um, for probably the first 15 years of my career. I always wanted to be an industrial designer. I came from a family of architects. And and when I exited my uh, third business, um, I, uh, I I moved to the beach and semi-retired and, and I had the flightboard idea. And, and I think, you know, I've always been very inspired by products that combine design and technology to create, you know, really emotive products and and build brands and you know, those kind of magical products that people like Tesla and Porsche and Apple make. So Flightboard was the opportunity for, for me to do that on my own. Now, hydrofoil technology has been around for a long time, and it was originally used for boats in order to make them go faster without using more fuel. So can you tell my listeners what a hydrofoil is and how it's been used over the years? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's really a hydrofoil is really just like an airplane flying under the water. Uh, so it you know it has wings, and the wings create lift, and the lifts reduce the weight, and that that reduces the energy. So uh, I think that some of the stats that I've seen is you can you can get away with as much as uh, seventeen times. You know, well a seventeenth of the energy when you're using a hydrofoil than a planing hull, depending upon the speed and the weight and everything else. And I think this is really one of my own personal observations, but uh, I haven't researched this, but, um, you know, hydrofoils are present in nature. So we've got humpback whales that migrate up the coast of Australia past where I live in Byron Bay. And those humpback whales have six metre long pectoral fins and they uh, they migrate thousands of kilometres with very little food. And uh, I'm pretty sure they do that because their wings are shaped like an aeroplane wing. They have an aerofoil section. And so, they're, you know, they're really gliding weightlessly through the water. So... You know, hydrofoils are incredible, just like plane flying in the sky. It's like a, a plane flying underwater. And I think, you know, they've been added to boats going back, a, you know, decades and uh, and more recently surfboards, you know, with uh, Led Hamilton was the first to take an air chair and put, put snowboard bindings on an air chair, right. which is a hydrofoil behind a boat. And that led to, you know, different forms of foiling, kite foiling, which is what I used to be into. 
and and now to e-foiling. So when did foil surfing as a sport actually come into the picture? I th- look, I think it's, I mean, and I've, I've, I've spent some time with Laird and I think it was probably 20 years ago or more when he first uh, put a hydrofoil surfboard on, uh, put a hydrofoil on a surfboard. Um, I was probably one of the early people to kite foil and got into kite foil racing. That was probably, I don't know, that was probably 10 or 12 years ago. Um, it didn't really take off until carbon fibre production became commonplace because hydrofoils were really heavy. They've got to be really strong and stiff. And so that really limited their, their use in the market. And so it's probably only been in the last probably, you know, six or seven years that hydrofoiling has really taken off with kite surfing and windsurfing and more recently surfing in the last few years. People like Kai Lenny, you know, really pioneering some of those sports and, and Robbie Nash and, and a range of different people coming crossing over from windsurfing and kite surfing and surfing. Hydrofoils powered by a battery pack already existed when you launched flight. So what business opportunity did you see in the space that motivated you to start the company? Well, a bit of a correction there. You know, when actually when I had the idea for, to put a, a motor on my kite foil, I'd never seen anything like it. And there was nothing that existed like that on, on the web or in the public domain. It was a completely original idea that I had back in 2015 and mm. um, it took me a while to get organized and, 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 you know, by the time um, it was probably, it was probably around six to nine months later that I, I saw, um, I did a lot of searching online and there was nothing like that. And um, other than a, a kind of a, a craft, like a boat that you, you kneel on, you know, right. with a, with a hydrofoil, um, which I again, didn't find for probably a, a year after. Um, and so, you know, we've got a, another competitor. They, they launched to market a couple of months before us when we were working on our design. And that really motivated us to, um, you know, I think the words I use it, we're really, we're not going to be first, so we've got to be the best and, and really, you know, earn our place in the world by doing, you know, adding a whole lot of new innovations with a lot of the ideas we came up with for Flightboard with, you know, the way we, the flight box, we call it, and the unibody fuselage and adding a GPS and, trip computer and a whole lot of safety features like a tilt detection system that can detect when the boards at a certain angle and cut the motor. So a lot of innovations we came up with, um, you know, on, on the way to launching to market. So why did you see there was a business opportunity? Well, you know what? I didn't initially, I really just wanted to make one for myself. (laughs) And that's, that's the the absolute truth. And, And in fact, my wife said to me, David, you burn out, you're not starting another business. And I said, don't worry, it's just for me and my friends and I. And uh, I had a couple of mates and, uh, you know, we just wanted to get out on the water and uh, without any need for wind or waves. And so that's really what inspired me. And and it wasn't until I put a video up on, on the web, it got a couple of million views very quickly. And then I was picked up by the news and I was interviewed on the news and the Today Show and... Uh, and I and started getting, you know, I set up a website. Um, my son came up with the name Flightboard. My brother developed the website. And we got about 11,000 uh, emails over the space of about three months from people saying things like, you know, I don't care what this costs. I, I want to buy one. When can I buy one? So that really, you know, motivated me to then start a business um, after the initial idea, which is really to create something cool for myself. So when you launched the business early on, who do you envision would buy a Flightboard? Well, look, I think um, I started out trying to work out how to do this cost effectively and I pretty quickly worked out that wasn't going to happen because, you know, you, you've got to 
you've got to create something that's really powerful, a lot more powerful than I ever realized. It's got to be really lightweight. It's got to be waterproof, corrosion resistant. It's got to survive in the harshest environment on the planet, which is, you know, the ocean. So I worked out the only way to really do this properly and safely is to, is to do it, you know, take it to level 11. And through that process, I, I ended up on a family holiday on a, on a yacht in the Mediterranean um, as a bit of a reward for exiting my previous business with the family. And I was sitting in that environment thinking, you know, this is the perfect environment for this thing I've come up with because, you know, you, you, in, in the Mediterranean, you've got flat water and I couldn't get out of my kite fall and there wasn't any waves and, uh, you know, the perfect environment. So that's when I really went down the path of trying to create a luxury product and, and really, you know, um, all of that kind of design background came came back and wanting to use the best materials and craftsmanship and and uh, and creating a, a design that was really iconic and emotive, you know, like the experience of riding a flight board. And where did you find a designer to create the prototype? Or was that you? That was me, yeah. The first prototype I created on my own, um, taught myself CAD. I bought a 3D printer and um, ordered parts off the internet. Again, I was sort of semi-retired, so I had time to tinker. And uh, I got that first prototype working and then it kind of blew my mind. I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. And, and then I had the problem of, well, how do I do this properly? And the bit I was stuck on was the remote. I didn't know how to create a remote. So that's when I, I Googled industrial designers in Byron Bay and found an industrial design company and uh, called Catapult. And we worked with them um, and still work with them today to, to, to some extent. And, and they really helped me sort of take the board to market and commercialize as we built our own internal team as well. How many versions did you have to go through before you landed on the final design? Look, a lot. Like, look, in some ways, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, the first prototype I made probably rode quite similarly to the to the current flight board, but certainly went through lots of iterations with boards, a lot of iterations with batteries. I think we redesigned the battery um, housing completely probably seven times. Um, uh, it just wasn't strong and robust enough and waterproof enough. Um, a lot of iteration around eventually with the, the foil itself and the electronics and the, and the software is, you know, we're into hundreds of versions of the software. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a, a, real, a real journey. So while surfing requires a big wave to get going and wakeboarding relies on a boat to tow the rider, hydrofoiling uses a wing-like structure, as you're talking about, under the surface of the water to create lift. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you pull the trigger and, and the propeller turns and gets you moving. And, and then you go from displacing water to planing where the board's right. skim, skimming across the surface. And once you're at, once you're at planing speed, uh, basically different wings have a different takeoff speed, just like an airplane. So, for example, you know, our biggest, we've got 12 different front wings and they all ride quite differently and customers can change their ride. Our biggest wing will take off at around uh 13 14 kilometers an hour so let's say you know eight or nine miles per hour something like that um some of the smaller wings have a higher takeoff speed so once you're going at takeoff speed then you're just shifting your weight back to change the angle of this little airplane under the water that then makes you start to rise up and then you've got to balance it you've got to keep it flying level um by using your weight you know shifting your weight forward will bring the uh, nose of the board down and shifting your weight back will bring it up and it's very very subtle and, uh, and, you know, it's quite amazing the way that it works. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's a bit like sailing that where you have to, people see videos and think it looks boring, but, you know, you're, you're actively trimming the whole time and, and uh, people tell us it's, uh, you know, one of the most exciting things I've ever done. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more exciting than it, than it looks. Is it easier or harder than just regular surfing? 
Oh, much, much easier. I mean, I've been trying to surf since I was a kid and I wouldn't call myself a good surfer. Um, I've taught, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people to fly board and I think I've got everybody up and foiling in probably no more than 45 minutes. Hmm. Um, we've got customers in their late 70s and I was talking to one the other day who was telling me how much he loves his flight board and how he's trying to get a lot of his his uh, 70, mid-70s friends into flight boarding who initially resist and say, I can't do that, I'm in my 70s. And, and uh, you know, the ones that are, that, are, that are a little bit fitter are still active and, and so forth. You know, he, he, he's been able to get some of them out, out riding with him and, and he, he believes that it's actually something that can de-age you. He feels like he's getting younger from, uh, from being in that flow state and, and being out balancing on the water and being out in nature like that. And what speed can I get up to? Yeah, I think the fastest speed one of our team riders has got up to is about 58 kilometers an hour, hmm. which is 30-something knots. Um, right. uh, and so, yeah, it, look, it's it's you don't really need to go fast for the hydrofall to be exciting, you know. So generally, um, and again, I'm trying to, I'm thinking US here, so we're, okay. we're working in kilom- kilometers here in Australia, but, you know, I'm usually riding at sort of 25 kilometers an hour um and 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 the faster you go the more exciting it gets but the more kind of locked in it gets as well and you can sort of throw the board around a lot more when you're riding a little bit slower and how long does a battery typically last okay so you know our battery depends on your weight and your speed and the wing but you know up to uh, two and a half hours we had a customer across the english channel a couple of uh he's actually an investor now he crossed the english channel a couple of years ago on one charge so from france to the uk and which is about 40 kilometers. So, uh, and he, he landed in the UK with about 3% battery left. So <laughs> that was, uh, um, and it was pretty rough out there as well. So that, that was kind of a, a record that he set. When I first heard about you and Flightboard, the first thing I thought about was the infamous viral video from July 4th, 2021 of Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg hydrofoiling on a body of water and holding an American flag. And I think that kind of introduced foiling to the rest of the world too who didn't know about it was he on a flight board no he wasn't on a flight board. he actually wasn't even on an electric foil i don't believe he was on a, a non-powered surfboard foil i think he'd been towed behind a boat and uh and um and and then he was just riding in the wake of the boat i believe um but he you know he has used an e-foil i think he has an e-foil but it's not a flight board but it's certainly uh that's our, our other competitor but it did certainly raise awareness for e-foiling yeah. And for our company and our company as well. And we, we definitely have a lot of other Facebook uh, <laughs> employees um, who have flight boards as well as a lot of uh, really interesting customers coming from a whole lot of different business and sport backgrounds. It looks like the price for a flight board ranges from 10000 US dollars to about 20000 US dollars, depending on the model that you buy. Why is it so expensive? Yeah, look, it, 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 like I said at the beginning, you know, we, we've got to use really premium materials. Um, the battery is a big part of the cost. You know, there's a lot of power in the battery, a lot of cells. It's got to be waterproof and corrosion resistant and drop proof. And it's got to be able to handle being dumped by, a. you know, we've had people riding the giant waves in Nazare and riding giant waves in Hawaii and their boards getting dumped in the surf and, and uh, they've got to be able to withstand that. And then, you know, you're using carbon fiber, which is, really a hand, you know, requires hand building, um, you know, 316 stainless steel, aircraft grade, you know, aluminum, uh, really premium material. So that adds to the cost. And, and, and obviously we're building them in relatively 
low numbers compared to other products like like jet skis and things. And weight is really important, you know. So our lightest flight board uh, is around 22 kilograms. Um, I think it's uh, 40-something pounds. So, you know, it's compared to a jet ski that might be 10 times that weight. So with lightweight comes premium materials and, and, uh, and you know, it's more expensive to, to build things light and powerful. Now that you've been out there for a few years, what is the profile of your typical customer? Like, who are they and what appeals to them about foiling? And your brand in particular. Yeah, yeah, sure. Look, initially it was customers buying straight over the internet, you know, probably typically males, 40 to 60, very wealthy um, entrepreneurs, professionals, you know, people that are adventurous and innovative and they've got the financial means to just hit buy on the on the website. Um, and what they're all looking for is that feeling of freedom and escape um, from a really busy life. You know, we've got a, high, a lot of really high profile customers from the founders of Shopify to, um, you know, all sorts of people, Eddie Vedder and, you know, rock stars. Right. <laughs> I think I saw Chris Martin from Coldplay out last week on a flight board in, in Europe and um, Formula One drivers. And, and I think it gives them and me, you know, the same feeling of that feeling of, of kind of like the Zen flow state being present in nature, escaping from everything and, and just really feeling alive, you know, out on the ocean. And it's a little bit like I'd imagine, you know, riding a Harley Davidson, except for people that love the water. So that's where we started. Over time, it's progressed and we've now got much younger customers who don't have the same financial means, but they, you know, they're excited about this new sport and they might have tried it from, with a friend or family member. And then in the last year, we've seen a lot more women um, come into the sport as well. And, and the more we see women posting videos online, the more women are buying flight boards and they're realizing that's something that they can do as well and really enjoy and and in actual fact, I find that teaching women is much easier than teaching men. And, um, you know, there's a subtle kind of balance skill. And, and you know, it's really probably more like uh, yoga than, than surfing in a lot of ways. And so, you know, we, we, we're now attracting a, a much more diverse audience as the sport grows. Are you finding super yacht owners purchasing it as like toys for Abs- their boats? Absolutely. Like in, in particularly in Europe, in the Mediterranean, that's probably 70% of our market. Uh, in the U.S., the lake market is a is a big market for us, but certainly um, super yachts. You know, it, it, it's probably more um, uncommon than not for a super yacht not to have a flight board on board, particularly a large charter yacht. Uh, it's become the kind of go to thing to have uh, on a super yacht, and, and in the Mediterranean, flight is definitely the the number one brand. I want to talk about your business model. So, are you planning to take a page out of the Tesla playbook entering at the high end of the market where customers are prepared to pay a premium and then drive down market with lower price models to increase volume? Uh, yes. I mean, and the answer to that is is definitely yes. I mean, I think, I think with something like this, it, it makes a lot of sense to start off just trying to make the best product you can, you know, to build the market and build your reputation and build the brand and having lower volume, having a higher quality product in lower volume makes a lot more sense is a lot less risky than trying to create trying to compete on price you know with large volume in an unproven market so absolutely we started out the goal was just to make the best product we absolutely possibly could and and as we grow the goal is to take that experience to more and more people by um you know using clever design and engineering to uh to create you know less expensive options and, and we, we have done that you know i think our our starting price is now around nine thousand us and it was about thirteen thousand a couple of years ago. We've got and we've got a range now where 
we're, we're making the premium products more premium each year and, and we're also making products that are more accessible as well. Can you share how many flight boards you've sold to date? Yeah, no, we actually a couple of weeks ago, we, we sold our 10,000th flight board. Uh, I've, I have trouble saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that's exciting. So there's a, a lot of boards out there and they get used a lot too. So we've got an app that allows our riders to uh, download their data. It goes into the cloud and, uh, uh, you know, we've got about 120,000 rides in the cloud and and we think only probably 35% of our customers are using the app. So there's probably, you know, three, three 400,000 rides in the cloud from 10,000 boards. And so the boards get used a lot too, you know, compared to a jet ski that might only get used a couple of times a month. You know, we've got customers that are telling us that they're using their boards multiple times per week, you know, so they, people really love them and, and use them a lot. And it's become a, you know, the, the kind of default, the go-to kind of passion sport for a lot of our customers. And you said you have an app as part of this. Is it also, is this app also used for community purposes? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's going more that way. So, you know, you can do software updates, you can down, you can replay your ride and it's tracking about 30 parameters a couple of times a second, you know, pitch roll, your speed, power, battery temperature. And then those rides, um, we've got leaderboards, you know, so that's the community aspect. And so you can see who's done the most riding this week, who's done the, the longest ride. And, and we've got a, um, uh, what I'm really into is going out and catching waves and turning off the motor and then surfing on the wave without the motor. And, and the board will actually track how many waves you caught and what your mm. longest wave was. And we, and we have a leaderboard for that too, which has become really competitive. We've got people out there now catching, you know, riding for two kilometers unpowered uh, without the motor, without the motor running, which is, uh, which is really exciting. And what regions of the world are driving most of your sales? Oh, look, probably the U.S. is 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 obviously you know that's our biggest market by far, and that's probably just under fifty percent of our sales. Europe is is probably forty percent of our sales, and the rest of the world, including Australia, where we started, is is about ten percent. So, you know, more than ninety five percent of our boards that we build, um, you know, are, are going to outside of Australia and and primarily to the U.S. Make believe I bought my first flight board, which I would like to do someday. What kind of skills are required to learn how to e-foil and how do I learn how to ride one? So we have about 330 partners around the world that, that uh, and many of those do uh, lessons. They, they, what we call flight schools and they're available on our website. And so the best way to learn is to go and have a lesson. It's, um, uh, you know, just a few little pointers here and there and tips and, you know, it, we're usually getting people up and, and foiling again when, in half an hour or 45 minutes. Um, most of our customers, most of our 10,000 customers have launched, learned on their own. We've got a great video on, on YouTube. You can, you can Google how to flight board and you'll see it. It's had a couple of million views and, and it's, a, it's a really great video. And um, so teaching yourself is what most people do, but it definitely, you know, that'll take a little bit longer, might take a couple of sessions, um, but it's enjoyable. It's a, it's a new challenge, something new to learn. The main thing is choosing the right conditions, nice flat water, and, and just taking your time and following the kind of advice and, and safety tips on the video. But yeah, a lesson's a great way to do it. And, and honestly, anybody can do it. I mean, I had a, uh, I was out in Malibu with a, a design judge. We've won a lot of design awards and I got him out on the flight board. And I, I remember saying to him, have you ever skateboarded? And he said, no, snowboarded, no, skied, no, surf, no. And I, I said to him, have you ever stood on a moving object? And he said, 
a London bus. And I said, I think <laughs> I can work with that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and sure enough, you know, he was up and up and flight boarding 45 minutes later. So that was for a TV show called California by design focusing on, on, and he was the design judge. So yeah, London bus was, it was his, uh, prior skill and and he was up and flight boarding and, and loving it and from the videos i've seen it looks like the efoil cuts through water like a hot knife cuts through butter does that design make it difficult for riders to reduce speed or stop their equipment quickly no no not at all because you've got a propeller and the propeller the propeller is pushing and when you let go of the trigger the propeller is acting like a brake and so um and and while it certainly does cut through water very efficiently um, you know, there is drag and the, the the drag comes from the lifting of the wings. And so when you remove the power source, you won't go very far um, on the foil. And, and uh, you know, as soon as you touch down, then you've got the drag of the water. So, I mean, I probably, I've got a boat and I probably find that I can slow my e-fall down just as the same as I can slow my boat down. And, and, uh, and yeah, so you definitely have a lot of control over over those sorts of things. How do regular surfers and swimmers feel about foiling in surf spots? Well, look, where I live in Byron Bay is is um, is a very famous surf spot. It's it's uh, you know full of pro surfers from all around the world. We've got very busy, crowded breaks, and initially, you know, we got a, a lot of negative comments just on our social media. You know, that was more about fear. People saying, "Don't come near me. Don't come near our break." Um, in reality, in the six or seven years or so that I've been uh, flight boarding in Byron Bay, I've never had an incident where anyone said anything to me or had any problem because the reality is, is that we don't need to go where the surfers are and, uh, and we can go anywhere, you know, we've got the whole ocean. And so there is this perception, I think initially that surfers had that we're going to be in the lineup as it's called, and we're going to be, you know, queuing up to get the waves. When you take off on a surfboard, you've got to take off in a very specific part of the wave on a foil board. You can be on a very different part of, you, you need to be on a very different part of the wave and, and certainly on an e-foil, you should be on a very different part of the wave. And so I would I would never really come within 100 metres of, of anybody else in the water. And it's really important that anybody on an e-foil is, is, you know, you've got good visibility. You're up nice and high and you're not creating any wake and there's no noise. And so compared to a boat or a jet ski, you've got much, much better visibility and control and uh, ability to, to, to see swimmers and surfers and, and make sure you stay stay right away from them. Do you play any role in educating customers and users of the dangers of foiling in crowded areas? Yeah, we we absolutely do. I mean, we we talk, we have a we actually have a label on our back of our every single board that we've sold that that talks about keeping a safe distance. We talk about it in our manual. We talk about it in our instructional video, and certainly in Byron Bay, a lot of our team, including myself, <laughs> end up being the the foil police. You know, where if we see somebody that's getting too close to swimmers or surfers, we'll we'll go and you know, politely let them know that, that that's, uh, you know, that's not on. And I think, you know, we've got a, a good system going here now where there's really been no incidents at all, despite having a lot of people out e-foiling um, in a place that's very busy with surfers and swimmers. Just a few months ago, you announced the launch of a companion product to the existing range, Flight Scooter. Can you explain what Flight Scooter is and, you know, who are you trying to appeal to with this product? I think a big thing for us is, is overcoming some of the obstacles and barriers to e-foiling. And one of those is, is accessibility. I think um, e-foiling, flight boarding isn't hard, but people think it's hard. You know, people, a lot of people in the world have tried surfing and realised that that's really hard and they, they see the surf stance and, and feel like it's quite difficult. 
so the inspiration for the scooter really came from my wife. You know, I'd spent a long time trying to convince her to come out flightboarding with me and she's not into surfing and water sports like I am. She likes scuba diving, um, but she's <laughs> more into, you know, riding horses and doing different things. Right. And so, um, you know, putting the handlebars on there really makes a huge difference. It gives you um, four points of contact. You can, there's more volume in the board. And, and what we find is that people are learning to foil on the scooter uh, in in two or three minutes instead of forty five minutes, it, it really makes it that much easier, and uh, and you can stay dry. And so um, she's first in line for uh, the first scooter when we start shipping, and and uh, she has a great time on the on the prototype scooters that we've been been using. Uh, is this like training wheels for the flight board? It is. It, it certainly is. And and certainly, if you're learning to flight board, going on the scooter first is going to speed up the process dramatically. But it's a lot of fun in its own right. You know, it's a different stance. You've got a lot of control with the handlebars. You know, we've got a boat and sometimes we've had the prototype scooter on on my boat and I'll get on the scooter instead of the flight board because, you know, I can I can stay dry. I can I can go to the jetty and go to the shops and pick up some milk and bring it back, <laughs> bring right. it back on the scooter without without getting wet with my phone in my hand, in my shorts and my T-shirt. So it's a, it's a different experience as well. And what does the flight scooter retail for? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's, I'm just trying to think in us dollars, I think it's about a thousand dollars more, right. maybe one, one and a half thousand dollars more us or something than a regular flight board, the premium flight board. It has the handlebars without a bit of cost. And it also has the jet, which is one of our options for propulsion, uh, that, that kind of makes it a bit, a bit smoother and safer compared to the propeller, but a little bit less efficient, but it works really well with the scooter. I've seen your digital campaign display and video creator for Flightboard and Flight Scooter, the latter with the tagline, now everyone can fly. Where are these ads running and who are you targeting with this campaign? Yeah, well, look, I think a lot, a lot, of, a lot of companies are making new and innovative products. For us, it's about exposing the product to people that don't know that exists. So social media is really great for that. Uh, for discovery, for people to discover these new products when it pops up on their feed. So, so you know, we use social media extensively as do, you know, a, a lot of other similar products. Um, and who we're targeting, you know, we're targeting, you know, people that are adventurous and outgoing, that are into similar sports, whether it be snow skiing, water skiing, you know, luxury um, holidays, yachting, boating, you know, all those kinds of things where, where we can um, we can identify those sort of customers that are, this is going to be the most relevant to uh, who are going to not, you know, they're going to see the ad and they're going to like seeing the ad because it's something that's of interest to them. How do you see flight growing over the next 10 years? Will you be focusing more on innovating in technology or rolling out new electric hydrofoil product designs? Absolutely a bit of both. I think, look, the last one to two years has been a really creative period for the business. You know, the first three or four years was very busy just getting the first boards out the door and establishing systems and processes and hiring a team and building our team in the US and Europe. And and then the last couple of years, I've really been able to focus again with our R&D team on new products. So, you know, we've got more exciting things to launch in the next sort of 12 months than we've probably launched in the last three years. So there's a lot of great stuff coming out. Um, some of those things, uh, you know, well, actually the majority of them are really pushing into new areas, different types of products like the scooter uh, that don't necessarily cannibalize or compete with the core flightboard product. And, and um, you know, we're pushing it in different directions. So, we, you know, we, we're, we're always trying to create the best product we can without compromise in that premium space. And we also like the scooter, want to continue to uh, make products that are more accessible and and also more affordable, and uh, and also products that 
are really exciting to use in the surf as well because foils are great in the surf and and uh you know there's it's a long way to go i think for all these products to continue to evolve and stay tuned david trewern founder and ceo of Flightboard. thank you so much for joining me on the show best of luck with everything thank you very much absolute pleasure great talking to you 